Next on BYU Sports Nation, one week of fall camp down and less than three weeks until game number one for BYU football. At this point, how much do we really know about the 2015 Cougars, the biggest takeaways from Saturday's scrimmage? Plus, inside Nebraska football with Hale Varsity Radio and one-on-one with BYU seniors Devon Blackman and Taryn Houck. Wide receiver revelations. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, back to work on a Monday. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. August 17th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Bananarama Groupie, Brian Logan. Banana what? Bananarama. Don't act like you don't know Bananarama. I don't know Banana... Who? What? You need to Google this right now, Brian. But who okay, is maybe not right now, but you need, to, you need to Google this at some point. I swear to you. I, 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 this is the first time I've heard of this. Bananarama. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Somebody please send Brian Logan a YouTube clip. Bananarama. What is it? Some, just is it like just wait for it. Just is wait it for it, okay? Food or something? It's a, so it's a group, right? I'm assuming it's a group because you called me a groupie. So, Correct. Uh, Correct. Like a band, like a Provo band. Uh, better than a Provo Something band. Something like that. An 80s band. An a- oh, that explains it all. An 80s band. Yeah, I'm too young for that. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, some, did you? Some, dude, people are, some people are a little bit younger, Spencer, you know, and some people are still in their 20s. <laughs> I'm holding. I'm rubbing you right now. That's like a hug. I would hug you if this thing wasn't here in the middle of us. No hard. How much older am I than you? Just a couple years. I'm 27. Okay, I I think. All right. Okay. Now that we've got that established, (laughs) did you hear our girl Paige Hunt delivering on Saturday night? Yes. The BYU Sports Nation karma is back in full effect, and it, it only took one broadcast. For the new 2015 fall sports season. Happens that fast. I still think we should have a t-shirt with all of the athletes, the date that they were on the show, (laughs) and the date and their stats of the game that they balled out on because of the karma. I think that will give more and more people confidence, athletes confidence, and the fans confidence to know that, hey, this thing is real, people. The karma is alive and well active. Game-winning goal. A game-winning goal against Arizona. More on that in just a moment. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football held its first scrimmage of fall camp Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Taysom Hill, 13 for 20, 194 yards, and a touchdown, one to Nick Kurtz. The team is back at practice today, opening week two. In NFL preseason action, Danny Swanson had three solo tackles and one assisted tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs in a 34-19 preseason victory over the Arizona Cardinals. On the card side, we have a few BYU All-Stars. Paul Sike carried the ball twice for 10 yards. And Alani Fua, my man, had two tackles. Wanyunga recorded two tackles in a New York Giants loss to the Bengals, 23-10. And Rob Daniel cornerback of the year had one tackle 
for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders and the luckiest preseason victory of them all, 18-3 against the St. Louis Rams. That's not what it says, Brian. It says an 18-3 shellacking of the St. Louis Rams. And on Ben Bagley's birthday, our producer, we owe him the courtesy of putting in a plug for the Oakland Raiders. Hey, Do man, not? no, man, I don't care birthday or what. I, I'm a Niners fan. I can't say what it is. I can't read what it said, you know, what it says here on the script, man. I can't say that. BYU women's soccer beat Arizona 3-2 to in a preseason exhibition Saturday on BYU TV. As we mentioned, Paige Hunt capitalized on the BYU Sports Nation karma, netting the game-winning goal early in the second half. The BYU men's basketball team leaves for Spain today for their 10-day international trip. Rise and shout, my friends. It's a big Monday. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Defense! Defense! BYU football enters week two of fall camp beginning today following scrimmage number one at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last Saturday. With a bow put on week number one in that scrimmage, we ask you today's Twitter question. What's your biggest takeaway from the first week of BYU football fall camp? First tweet in from at BillyPen2380. The defense is going to be better than I originally thought. Cornerback is deeper than expected. Use hashtag BYUSN to reply. I can tell you this much, Brian. The headline after Saturday was absolutely about the BYU defense. And that they look, for lack of a better word, good. I mean, let, let's reemphasize this was scrimmage number one after one week of fall camp. So how much does this really mean? Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen and Spencer, uh, this means a lot. This means everything. BYU wants to win a national championship. And how do you do that? Defense. Defense. That is how you do it. That is the formula to success. Uh, but on, no, but no. Put on, no, put on not, blue goggles. But no, not, not really, put man. It's, it's, it's week one. Let me calm down. You really, you really can't feed too much into it. <laughs> I mean, I love the, the intensity and I, I love the play from the defense, but at the end of the day, man, it's it's the first it's the first week of fall camp, right? So you can't feed too much into it. And when you look at the offense, and and most people may not understand that uh, there's a lot of gelling and, and chemistry that needs to occur for offenses to to uh, you know I guess pick up right where they but left Brian, off. But Brian, it's Taysom Hill. Everything should be perfect. It, no, yeah, I mean, yes, Taysom is perfect. But the all it's a difference when the, when you talk about the entire offense. I mean, you got five offensive linemen that need to gel together, and then you have the receivers, and then you have the the, the the quarterback that you know run routes. They need to be on the same page and all that good stuff. But when you, when you talk about execution and when you talk about running a a play, um, uh, all eleven guys, all everybody on the offensive side, it's going to take some time to to figure and feel each other out. On the defensive side, it's a lot easier because you're in a reactive mode, so you react to whatever you see. So all essentially, all I need to do on the defensive side is just do my job. So it's a lot easier for me as a defensive player and for the defense as a whole to execute at a higher level and to come away with a butt whooping like you saw on Saturday. Are you suggesting that BYU fans be patient, Brian? Because that's just ludicrous. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's ludicrous. We want it now. A couple more weeks. A couple more weeks. Okay. Well, you bring up a fair point. You're right. The instigating of the play starts on the offensive side of the ball. You have to be in unison, in sync, and the defense is reactionary. So, yes – 
Again, scrimmage number one after one week of fall camp. So take it with a load of salt. Everything that is being said, we will take away some things, but you just have to be patient. I'll tell you this much. The most telling part of Saturday's scrimmage for me happened after the actual football. In a comment from BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall. It's just, I think they're much more confident with me. They know now what to expect and how it's going to be run. And I um, am getting to know them better, not only individually and how to maybe capture their hearts, but where to put each player and what their identity and what they can and can't do and maybe be able to call them into positions to give them the best chance. The words of Bronco Mendenhall on his defense, the man who is known for his defensive coaching prowess, who has consistently guided some of the best defenses in BYU history. And quite frankly, he's earned the trust of BYU coaches, players, and fans because of what he's done. He's proven. So when he says something about his defense, and it's positive, you listen. So maybe it does mean a little bit more than we're putting into it after week number one, according to the coach. I think it, I think it does. And that's huge for Coach Menno to say that. It reminds me of 2010 when he came in, he took over the defense, and he said, hey, you know, we're, I'm going to call plays to your strengths. I know who you guys are. I know the players that I have. And so I'm going to put you guys in a successful situation to make plays and, 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 and based off of your skill set. So I have a five, six corner that is very aggressive. I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to put him in a cover two situation where he can be aggressive, make plays. Oh, and the fact that he's five, six, I'm going to put a safety over the top of him to give him some help against taller receivers. So, that really allowed us to play with more confidence, um, but most importantly, really uh, utilize our skill set to, to the maximum potential. And for him to see that right now, I think that's why, like you said, Spencer, we are starting to see more, uh, success at an earlier rate than what we expected. Okay, we've put the spotlight on the defense, and rightfully so. In week number one, the defense has surprised. Defense wins championships. That's They've why. been good. But guess what? In week number two, the offense could go crazy. And then everyone would be like, oh, no, the defense is terrible. And the offense looks amazing. You just got to step back and look at it from a wide lens. Okay, this is fall camp. Both sides are going to have good moments and bad moments. They're learning. It takes time. Ups and downs. Right now it just like so happens a roller coaster. that the defense is on and up. I wouldn't say the offense is on so much of a down. The defense is just up. It's just the expectations, man. That's what we do as defensive players. Exceed expectations. I'm sorry, go ahead. Let's qualify this a bit more, Brian. And that deals with one man specifically on the offensive side of the ball that did not play in Saturday's scrimmage. Sophomore center T. John Caroma sat out, and he is undeniably a crucial part of BYU's offensive success this year. Just ask Bronco. I think it's mostly um, Tijon because Tijon, our center position, makes the majority of those calls. And again, we worked some contingencies today. Again, risk reward. We don't want to lose Tijon, but we got a great idea of what it looks like if he's not playing today. And then defensive execution is moving forward, so maybe a combination. When the head coach says the absence of one guy, that's not Taysom. One guy, not Taysom. That is not Taysom. Is responsible for some of that defensive success. That gives you an idea of the value placed on T. John Caroma and his role in this offense. Yeah, it was interesting to see him not play, but for me, it's it's. I think it's the right move. If he's that valuable, and Coach Minhall is saying just that, 
I don't want that guy to get hurt, so I'm going to treat him like my that my the biggest asset aside from Taysom. I'm going to arrest this guy. Let somebody else play. See what else can happen. Just in case. What do we have just in case? Robert and I said earlier in the week that the offense is great as long as T. John Karama is on the field. As long as he's there, we're, we're all good. I don't care who's in the lineup as long as T. John is there. But, Spencer, how could you overlook one of the most important parts of Saturday scrimmage. I mean, Tijon is cool and everything, and he's a good player. I expect a lot from him. But that brings us to the Logan stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 60. Nick Kurtz had three receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Here we go. Where was your boy, Mitch Matthews? How many catches did he have? Hey, what did you just say about Tijon Karama? How many if yards your best, did he have? You want to keep your best How player many healthy? You want to keep have? him healthy? So let's let's oh, let Mitch Matthews yeah. sit out so that you oh, can keep the most important yeah. receiver healthy. Nick Kurtz, play of <laughs> the day. <laughs> play the record, of the day. I love Nick Kurtz. 47-yard touchdown. But I have to defend. I have to defend the man in my corner. Which is Mitch Matthews. Hey, man, that's all good. You know, you can defend your pick. I'm gonna, my pick, I don't got to really say nothing about my pick. He just, he just puts it out all on the line, on the field. He lets his pads speak for him. And I'm going to let the, the film speak for me. You saw it. I did see it. I also mm-hmm. saw that Nick Kurtz had an uncharacteristic drop of a deep ball. Which was one of the most shocking parts of the... I'll take, that's three, not a I'll take three receptions and a drop ball and a touchdown for every three receptions... And a touchdown, I'll take a drop ball okay. all day, my friend. Okay. All day. I will give you props for telling me to watch for Michael Shelton, the cornerback out of North Carolina on Saturday. You said he's getting better, Spencer. He has a chance to start. He looks really good. And he played very well on Saturday. I think he will start um, young mini B. Logan. Uh, I think he's 5'7", though, so he, got, he has that on me, a little bit of a height. So he's extra but, large, Brian Hey, Logan? look. Had one had an interception, had two pass breakups, came in some good tackles. He did fantastic. Somebody else that stood out to me was uh, Tanner Magnum, and just his, specifically his throws, like a sixty-yard throw. He was running uh, to his left side, scrambling outside the pocket, flipped his hips really fast, and and flung it uh, to uh, who was it? Um, Colby Pearson. Colby Pearson uh, on stride, amazing. NFL quarterbacks don't even can't even make that throw. I'll tell you about the underrated guy that needs more attention that's not getting any attention later on in the show. The underrated headline out of fall camp thus far. Coming up, the conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's get a few more tweets in. It's Twitter time. What's your biggest takeaway from the first week of BYU football fall camp at DeYoung1993? Says there's still a lot of work to do in the next 18 days, in parentheses, minus Sundays. Hmm. That is the that, point. That is. But every, I mean, every every day is game day. So even Sunday. In Coming the, up. In the NFL. Nebraska insider Chris Schmidt from Hale Varsity Radio shares news from the Huskers camp. What's the deal with the suspensions on the red side? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU simulcast on BYU Radio. And BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Mark it down on your calendars right 
now. BYU TV in correlation with BYU Athletics presents Inside BYU Football. Giving you an inside look to this year's BYU football team. I am calling this uh, the Hard Knocks version of BYU football. Uh, The show premieres Tuesday, September 1st at 7.30 Eastern Time on BYU TV. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now is Chris Schmidt of Hale Varsity Radio, a host of ESPN 1480 in Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, Chris. Guys, how are you? Thanks for having me. Fantastic. I know this is a loaded first question, but for those that don't understand the passion and the pageantry that go into college football in Lincoln, Nebraska, how do you sum up what a game day experience is like at Lincoln Memorial Stadium? Memorial Stadium is Nebraska's third largest city. Bar none, period. (laughs) Omaha, Lincoln, the rest of the state, everyone finds their way down to Tent and Vine, and it's uh, 90,000 strong since 1962. Not 90,000, but the sellout streak is 50 years and counting. It is what Nebraska fans wrap their arms around, and it's part of their family. Chris, how concerned are the Nebraska fans, the, the, the program, with the news of five different Nebraska Cornhuskers uh, being suspended for the opening game against BYU? The Nebraska fan base is, is very, very concerned about it. Nobody knows who the players uh, that are suspended are. Uh, that'll come out eventually with Coach Riley. The fan base is one thing. The coaching staff and uh, the team in general, they'll, they'll figure it out. And it's not uncommon with different programs around the country. You're going to have a suspension or two five in Nebraska's case to start the year and you make adjustments, they know who is suspended, so they'll, they'll plan accordingly and have a contingency. Chris, you look at the changeover and just the time that it takes to get under a new regime and a new philosophy, and we're talking about two coaches that are polar opposites when you look at Bo Pelini and Mike Riley. I couldn't think of two guys that are more different in, in terms of how they approach a head coaching job at the Division I level. How has Nebraska handled that changeover now going into the Mike Riley era? The transition's always going to be a feel-out process. And when you talk about the difference, the old movie Twins with DeVito and Schwarzenegger <laughs> kind of comes to mind when it comes to personality. Uh, Bo and his staff did a good job of recruiting. There's a lot of talent here. With that transition, Coach Riley and his staff came in and really tried to, to just reach out to the team, listen to the players, and, and just say, look, everything's going to be all right. You're our guys, and uh, let's win together. And that's the mindset is Coach Riley and his staff, they were at Oregon State for a ton of years, and, and they had this opportunity. They want to win now. Uh, the Nebraska players, Malik Collins and company, they want to win now. So everyone's on the same page, the same goal. And I think the buy-in's been, uh, been pretty good. Uh, transition's hard, but you've got a pretty mature locker room with Nebraska, and you, and you factor that with a mature coaching staff that they haven't seen. Uh, there's not much they haven't seen in football. So I think uh, if there was to be a transition, this is a good fit together. Chris, uh Quarterback Tommy Armstrong has had some issues with passing, uh, issues between uh, 10 and 20 yards. Uh, he, he relies on his running game. He's a running quarterback. Uh, not sure if that really fits the mold of Mike Riley's scheme offensively. Uh, how much will he have to change going into this first game and their offensive philosophy? The, the word, the buzzword since spring and beyond has kind of been adaptability, 
blend, however you want to term it. And, and that's what's been going on, guys, offensively. And uh, I think the decision's been made to <laughs> let Tommy do his thing. Uh, if Tommy's going to win games, move the chains, be a difference maker, be elusive with his legs, go for it. And uh, that's something that is not going to be ruled out. It'll be embraced. It'll be used and used to, to Nebraska's advantage. From a passing standpoint, it's always kind of been the same. Tommy just needs to keep getting better, and he's worked his butt off uh, with Phil, with Brett Favre in the offseason. I mean, he's done a ton of things to try and get better. Now it just comes down to making the play, finding the read, completing the pass, continue to work, get comfortable. I think that's the other side of things. Coach Riley and uh, offensive coordinator Coach Langsdorf, they'll find – what Tommy does well in the passing game, and, uh, and Tommy's just got to make the throw, be it to the tight end, be it making a play when the pocket breaks down deep, or uh, dumping it off to the tailback. Those are the things that I think Tommy will focus on, and there's a lot of weapons to utilize in that, but it'll be a run first and run second type team, I believe. Chris Schmidt of Hell Varsity Radio on BYU Sports Nation. He's an insider for Nebraska football on ESPN 1480 in Lincoln, Nebraska. When you look at what Nebraska lost, we saw Amir Abdullah just wow people in his first preseason NFL game with the Detroit Lions. You lose Randy Gregory. We're talking top-tier NFL talent guys that are now gone. But we'd be foolish to think that Nebraska hasn't reloaded in some areas, Chris. So what is the greatest strength of this Nebraska team coming back now in 2015? Your greatest strength is going to be the defensive line, and I know that's weird to say with Randy off to Dallas, but Malik Collins is going to be a big-time NFL guy. He's your defensive tackle. Uh, just a tremendous talent, uh, fantastic second-team All-Big Ten guy a year ago, and he wants to expand his his role, not only leadership-wise, but playmaking-wise. Uh, Vincent Valentine is paired next to him, another big uh, defensive tackle. So up the middle, Nebraska will be great. Uh, defensively on the edges. You, you have Greg McMullen, who's been in the program for a number of years, very good against the run. Jack Gangwish, uh, a Nebraska kid that was a walk-on that's just busted his tail and now at that defensive end. So your defensive line will be your strength. And uh, really, honestly, both lines of scrimmage are pretty physical, and uh, the O-line's coming along as well. Chris, uh, a part of the, the five players that are suspended, we know that one is going to be a defensive starter. Uh, what happens if if one of those guys, if, if it if it turns out to be Malik Collins on the defensive line, what happens to to the defensive line and and the defensive side of the ball? Well, it won't be Malik. Uh, but going along with the question, yeah, if you lose one of your big dogs like that, then uh, it, it, uh, it it softens things up for for what BYU can do running game wise with Taysom and company. So yeah, that would be awful for Nebraska. But uh, Coach Riley didn't commit. Uh, it was over, uh, the, I think it was last Thursday, uh, that he touched on that he didn't know if it was a defensive starter or not because he was asked about that in his post-practice uh, session with the media. So he hasn't committed to it being a defensive starter. If it is a starter, um, you can afford, air quotes here, uh, somebody in the secondary. Your linebacker depth is very thin, so that would not be good. And, of course, your defensive line, uh, those are your four guys that have been playing at a, a very high level, and, and the, the team will honestly have to lean on early in the year. You just pointed out the linebacker depth is thin right now. Is that the most glaring deficiency on this Nebraska team as it begins under Mike Riley? I would say 
the, the line, linebacker depth, yes, is, is probably the area that's, that's most concerning. You have some guys on the offensive line that, that haven't started yet either. Uh, but that, that will need to come along, and, and I think Coach Cavanaugh can do that. But back to the linebacker spot, you have Rose Ivy and Banderas that are two guys that have played a lot. Rose Ivy's coming off a knee injury, but he's looked great in camp. Uh, but if you lose one of those guys to injury, uh, you have freshmen or redshirt freshmen behind them. Uh, that's not ideal. You have some playmakers, you have some talent, but it, it comes down to experience. That is the biggest question mark uh, beyond two of those starters, yes. Chris Schmidt of Hale Varsity Radio on ESPN 1480 in Lincoln, Nebraska, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We are talking Husker football. I saw a poll on Nebraska's SB Nation site uh, recently that had BYU as a 63% favorite to win in Lincoln. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, okay, is this like a trolling effort by the Nebraska fans? Do they want BYU to feel overconfident? But how accurate is that assessment in over 2,000 votes that BYU is a favorite? I mean, how, how does the fan base really feel about this game? Frightened, okay? <laughs> they are frightened about BYU uh, when you have transition, when you have new coaches, and you have an opener, BYU's been a giant killer uh, to open up the season. You rocked Texas not long ago. You beat up Sam Bradford. You don't want to open with BYU. Uh, Nebraska is, and uh, they'll get better for it. Uh, that said, Nebraska fans are very, very nervous uh, about the contest just because of your quarterback. Uh, BYU is known for extremely physical play on the line of scrimmage, and a number of your kids are, are way more mature than, than your average college student, uh, not just age, but, but physically, and, and that's the issue coming in, and BYU's got a history. Coach Mendenhall's done a great job. It's not an easy opener. Nebraska hasn't lost an opener in nearly 30 years. That was to Florida State, so there's another streak going. Uh, it's, it's a game everyone's excited for, and if Nebraska can win, I think it's a great springboard for the rest of the season, confidence-wise, because you're going to play, and if you win, you beat a really good football team. If you lose it, where's your confidence go? How bad do you get beat up physically? It's really kind of a, a watermark game, honestly, for 2015. A lot will be determined based on how things go against BYU. Chris, I've heard uh, all sorts of predictions for this Nebraska team and their record, 10-2, uh, and two, I think I saw the, the best one. I saw an 8-5 and five prediction, kind of just all over the place. Uh, but what are the actual expectations for this Nebraska team this year? Is it double-digit wins, uh, Big Ten championship, a bowl game? Uh, just, I mean, minimum, just making it to a bowl game? Minimum is bowl game. Minimum is in contention for the Big Ten West. And uh, minimum is, is probably around that eight or nine win total. You've had nine wins the last seven seasons. Uh, the thing about the wins, though, is, is people remember the losses more than they do the wins because a lot of them have been in blowout fashion. And that's one thing. If Nebraska goes 8-5, and 9-4, and four, whatever the case may be, but you lose those games by a touchdown, a field goal, you don't get embarrassed. I think Nebraska fans are okay with that. They don't want to lose ever. But if you go down uh, to the 12th round, so to speak, and you lose – by a, by a field goal, last-second last drive, field goal, loser type thing, then you can hold your head high up and go, okay, you gave it everything and, and you just got beat that day by a better team. Getting rocked by Melvin Gordon for 408 and three-quarters of work when you're up two touchdowns, that's what drives Nebraska fans nuts. Be consistent, look like you know what you're doing, 
and, and, and play good, clean football. Don't get blown out. Don't get embarrassed. And that's, the, that's the, what's sticking to Nebraska fans' craw is the embarrassing blowout losses. Chris, we really enjoyed the insight into Nebraska football. Uh, we, uh, we know you're a busy man as you prepare now less than three weeks away from the opener, BYU at Nebraska on ABC National. Thanks for the time, man. Guys, take care. Thanks for the call. Chris Schmidt of Nebraska's Hale Varsity Radio. And I tell you what. Frightened. Wow. wow. Frightened. I, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't either. But perhaps that poll has some more legitimacy to it than I once really thought. I wonder if it's, if it's higher now. Huh. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, much more <clears throat> coming up on BYU Sports Nation. But not before we remind you how close we are to September 5th. Down to the Cornhuskers. 19 days. 19 days away. We are under three weeks before BYU kicks off the 2015 season against the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the third largest city in all of the state, Lincoln Memorial Stadium. We ain't scared. At least defense isn't. Up next, wide receiver and Tupac Shakur's doppelganger, <laughs> Devon Blackman, on why he's ready for a breakout year and his message to Jamal Williams. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Did you miss our interview earlier with Chris Schmidt? No worries. Go to youtube.com forward slash BYU TV sports to watch all of our interviews on the show. If you missed what he said about how Nebraska fans feel about the BYU game, then you absolutely need to go back and download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. I mean, just really... Engaging conversation. I, I was shocked when he said what Nebraska fans are feeling about BYU. Scurred. Man. Shaking in our boots. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football held its first scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Taysom Hill's numbers, 13 for 20 passing, 194 yards, and a touchdown to Nick Kurtz. The team back at practice today. In NFL preseason action, Danny Swanson had three solo tackles and one assisted tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs in a 34-19 preseason victory over the Arizona Cardinals. On the card side, Paul Lasica carried the ball twice for 10 yards, and my man, Feed Alani Fua, had two tackles. Uh, Wani Unga recorded two tackles in a New York Giants loss to the Bengals, 23-10. And Rob Daniel had one tackles in an Oakland Raider, 18-3, shell-shocking of shell St. Shock- Louis Shell-shocking? Shell shocking? Mm-hmm. Shell shocking. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Maybe by the end, I'll give you some props, Ben. Paul Lasica is going to make the team. Devin oh, yeah. Mahina is probably going to make the team. Tons of injury concerns as well for the, uh, the Redskins tight end. So I, things look good for these BYU undrafted free agents. BYU women's soccer beat Arizona 3-2 in a preseason exhibition game Saturday. Paige Hunt had the game winner, leveraging the BYU Sports Nation karma. The BYU men's basketball team leaves for Spain today for their 10-day international trip. Good luck, fellas. Hey, listen. We brought up something off the top of the show about Bananarama. Fantastic 80s musical group. 80s, You're getting yeah. blown up. Dude. I want you to read the tweet that you just told me about. So I read... Okay, hold on. Let me, get, let me, let me, pull, <laughs> let me pull this up. You guys got to stop it, man. It's not my fault that I was born a little bit later than most of you guys. Uh, so this is at... BYU fan, 1995. Okay. Until Brian Logan knows about Bananarama, he should calm down on the Kurtz versus Matthews debate. It's a cruel, cruel summer, Brian. This is the same emoji face that I made. To him. I responded. 
made this emoji face. Kind of like a bl- face. Kind of like the, yeah, it's kind of like the, just a blank stare. Like stone like, face. Like, come on, man. Really? Bananarama. Really, dude? I love it so much. Well done, BYU Sports Nation, responding like that. Hey, one of BYU's senior wide receivers, Devon Blackman, you may have noticed, never short on personality or on confidence. One of the most engaging personalities on the BYU football team, which is exactly why we wanted to talk to him one-on-one after week one of fall camp. Here is BYU Sports Nation All Access with Devon Blackman. Devon, you've been preparing for this interview for your entire life. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, now that that's out of the way. (laughs) This is fall camp number two for you. And uh, your receivers coach, Guy Holiday, I asked him the other day specifically who's standing out. And he said, well, the difference between year one and year two in fall camp for Devon Blackman has been night and day. What's been the difference for you this go around? Man, he he said that. He usually cussing me out. That's good. Don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think the difference is is mainly just uh, the playbook, man. The playbook. Uh, I knew it last year, but I didn't know it like the back of my hand. Now I know it like the back of my hand. <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> how how much of it is it is it? I mean, is it study? Is it feel? Is it reps or taste? And what is it? It's it's just film. It's just film and just quizzing yourself. You know, when you're by yourself and you're having reps and you're like, okay, H92, okay, I got this, I do this. You know, it's just that confidence that you build in yourself. And once you have film and have that confidence, you're able to play with that confidence. You're able to, okay, I know I got this post route. Okay, I'm going to do this because you're able, because you're, because you know the play, you're able to think ahead of time. You know what I mean? And so... That's really, that's all been helping me. It has to be the playbook. How much did that game against Cal, that, that stand-up performance you had in the final regular season game, kind of propel you into this now confident mode you're in in fall camp? Um, man, it's, it's been a lot. Not just the game against Cal. It's just been a lot, you know what I mean? It's been, first of all, I got to thank God, you know what I mean? Like, he's brought me here. It's been a long five years for me. <laughs> Coming out of high school, top, top recruit. Go to Oregon, didn't play, you know what I mean? Then having to leave Oregon, come back home, that, that that was humiliating. Not humiliating, but like it humbled me. That was a humbling experience. And then coming to BYU into an environment that I, I don't know anything about. It's just foreign to me, you know what I mean? And so just the steps I took, the road I had to take, the journey that I had to get here, built confidence, built the faith in myself, built faith in God, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just a lot. And um. Everything's just been falling in place, and I can't take any credit for it. So it's all God, and I've just, I just been working, man. That's all I can say. I've just been working, and I'm just ready. What has been the biggest challenge for you in transitioning into where you want to be a go-to receiver in the BYU offense? Um, Just being consistent, you know what I mean? And that comes with learning the playbook. So once I learn the playbook, uh, I'm able to play faster. You're able to play faster. You're able to make plays. And then once you make plays, coaches look at you as a playmaker. You know what I mean, and that's just all. That's what. That's just mainly what it is for me. Is just making plays and staying consistent. In terms of competing wide receivers, I, I've asked Nick Kurtz about it now. Taryn Houck about competition that goes on. How much? How much inbred competition is there in the receiver group? Um, I mean, if they, I mean, I guess there's competition. There's there's competition. There's a lot of competition. But with me, I'm I'm not competing with anybody. I'm competing with myself. You know what I mean? Because if I compete with myself and I challenge myself to the goals and the standard that I know I can get, you know, it'll, it'll everything will fall in place. And 
and I don't want to say this in the wrong way or rub anybody off or sound cocky or any of that, but I'm just really competing with myself. I'm really focused on myself. I can't worry about if Nick makes a play, if Mitch makes a play. They're going to make plays. They're good receivers. What am I going to do with my opportunity? You know what I'm coming? What is, what is going to separate me? You know what I mean? So every time I get the ball, I want to make somebody miss. I want to do this. You know what I mean? So I'm just really focused on myself and focused on me becoming a player that I know I can be. That I know I can be. And if I become that player and continue to have do, been doing what I've been doing, everything will fall in place. What are your expectations for yourself this season on the field? Um, to be a main contributor. Uh, I want to be. I want to contribute to the team the best way I can and. Every time they call my number, it's a big play or a playmaker. You know what I mean? No doubt. You know, we have Mitch. He comes in. You know what he's going to do. You get Devon in. He could take a five-yard hitch to the house, or he can go deep on you. You know what I mean? I want the unexpected for me because that's 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 my talent. You know what I mean? And God has blessed me with those, and it's about time I use, use them. If he gave you the voltage, then you got to shine. You know what I mean? So that's what i just been really focused on is staying humble, you know, working hard, and just really focused on myself because this is my last year. I don't know what I'm going after this, so I have to give them all. You know what I'm saying? So that's basically it. I met a BYU fan from Fontana yesterday. Really? Now, now you're you're the guy from Fontana, obviously okay. with the, the Jamal having to take a year off. Now, now you're you're the guy. Yeah. So representing Fontana, what guarantees can you make to to the SoCal area, Fontana specifically, about Devon Blackman's game this year? Um, guarantees that you're gonna get. I'm gonna give you my all, and I'm gonna do it for 909, the I, the Inland Empire, and um. For California, SoCal, basically. And this season is really for Jamal, man. Nobody knows the story. Nobody knows the real story. But uh, we know what it is. And um, this is for me and him, 2-1 and uh, 19. So we'll try to give them all, man. Jamal was on Instagram, spotted on Instagram the other day, saying that, that he's going to be back. What do you anticipate from Jamal if and when he does get back to BYU? Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's Jamal Williams, you know what I mean? So you only can expect the best, you know what I mean? And I know that dude's fire. I've been with him since I was seven. I've been, I've been with this dude running while he was crying, <laughs> running on the, on the track and field, and he still has that warrior mentality. So I know Jamal. He's going to come back a beast, you know what I mean? And that's just, that's just obvious. That's who Jamal is, you know what I mean? This is just a minor setback for him, but he needs to learn from it. You know what I mean? At the same time, it, God puts you in places and God things happen for a reason so you can learn from them. You know what I mean? So I look at it as I know he's going to come back well. I know he's going to come back strong. And that's not our main focus. My main focus with Jamal as his older brother. What would you learn from it, bro? What would you learn from this experience? You know what I mean? Because at the same, when I, when I left Oregon, there was a lot of things I learned. You know what I mean? It wasn't just I was at Oregon, the nice school. That was cool. But what did you learn from the experience? What what made you a better person and player? You know what I mean? And that's what I want Jamal to learn. I know he can play. You know he can play. You know, everybody knows Jamal can play. What did he learn from it? That's that's my main thing. And I know he's learning from it. You know, he's a smart kid. And it takes, you know, a family to raise kids like me and Jamal. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to stay on them. He's going to stay on me. You know, iron shopping, iron. We all good, man. You know you may have a future in television as a personality here, right? In the future? <laughs> uh, that's crazy that you say that. Uh, I took acting classes this whole summer. Okay. Oh, the teacher, uh, Barta. 
Mr. Barta, uh, yeah, I took acting classes, and she said the same thing. She said, you have so much potential, and I just never took acting seriously. It was just, we do this at my house all the time, improv, make fun of each other, get up and talk. So, I mean, but, yeah, football don't work out. I'm definitely, BYU TV, <laughs> hire me, man. We need some more color on the screen, you know what I mean? <laughs> We need that, you know what I mean? We need to be diverse. I'm definitely looking into that. Always entertaining. Devon Black and BYU Sports Nation All Access. Thanks, Devon. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Okay, Brian. <laughs> There's a lot to digest there. A lot I'm to digest. Weak. I'm weak. Oh, my gosh. If I had the emoji crying right now, that's, what I would be. that's, how, that's how I feel inside. We need some more color on BYU TV. In all, se- <laughs> In all seriousness, though. Oh, do you man. do you not like do you, how do you not like what he says and you know in his own strange way the maturity that he shows that's that's the biggest thing that has that that's that stuck out to me um, is you go back and you watch a, 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 a interview when he first got here compared to that and you look how how maturity how mature he is now um, you look at his his humble how humble he is. Um, his approach, and and this is man, this is what BYU football is, is about. Regardless if you're LDS, non-LDS, whatever the case is, it's an opportunity for you to you know grow closer to God. But most importantly, because of his faith and, and his strength in God and his hope in God, it's allowing him to be more focused on the football field. So you see how it connects. And that's the good thing when I talk to recruits about this place, about BYU, especially if they're not LDS coming in, you know, the, the faith aspect strengthens everything in your life, you know, from being a father, a better husband, a better student, a better athlete. And that's the most important thing, you know, that, that Coach Minnow tries to say. So fans out there, the people out there, the haters that say, you know, Coach Minnow doesn't care about football, that's false. You know, if he can get you to, to, to put your faith first, everything else will follow. And Devon Blackman is a perfect example from that interview that we just heard. Love, love that interview segment with Devon Blackman. He just, he gives it to you straight. He does. And that's refreshing. What's your biggest takeaway from the first week of BYU football fall camp? Continue to send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. At Ocho Zacco says, execution is at a high level. Players are trying hard. This team has grit. Oh, he went there. He used that word. Up next, Taryn Houck. And we're down to the final four of the greatest plays of BYU football independence. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B. Cue the music. Don't forget to vote on BYU's greatest plays in independence. We are down to the final four, which include number one, Kyle Van Noy, hit six versus number four, no helmet, no problem. And then we have number three, Leap of Faith versus number seven, Boise State Goal Line Stand. Go to BYUTV.org and vote right now. Who's going to win? The hit six and the Leap of Faith are the early favorites, but the no helmet, no problem has survived in advance to the final four. Can it take down the Van Noy hit six? Ooh. Probably uh, not. Maybe. But depends. Three great plays within one individual depends segment. On, depends there. on your no politics. No problem. On your politicking, man. I know. I need to have another rant. Today's not the day for that. But there will be. Okay. So uh, I'm hearing that. What, wait. What was that? Five percent. Ah. Okay. Give it to me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just go vote. <laughs> 
It just, it just, just go vote. Go vote right now. Uh, right now is our second one-on-one interview with a BYU wide receiver and another senior, Taryn Houck, who is making himself a staple of this BYU offense. But why does he feel like this is the year for BYU football? This is BYU Sports Nation. All access with Taryn Houck. Taryn, you're developing into one of uh, the go-to receivers uh, for that, that first team. Why is it that you have such good chemistry with Taysom Hill? Uh, I think it's just because I've been here long. I mean, me and him have uh, been here together for four years now and uh, been through four springs, four fall camps, and this is the fifth one. So uh, I'm just trying to develop that chemistry and be as uh, loyal as I can. Anything different about this fall camp compared to the other ones that you've been through? Uh, Definitely just being an actual role player, I guess, Uh, having to go with the ones all the time. And uh, it's, I mean, it it sucks not having Mitch Matthews out there, but it requires younger guys to step up. And so I feel like our leadership has really grown and uh, really developed. How much has not having Mitch on the field affected the wide receiver core, if at all, this fall camp? I mean, it's affected it, but I think in a good way. It's Like I said, it's required uh, the younger guys to step up, and we've seen people like Josh Weeks and uh, uh, Shumway make plays, and Moroni's come in as a freshman right off a of mission, making plays with the ones. And, um, I mean, it's going to develop better chemistry with other guys, and so if Mitch is double-covered or even triple-covered, you know Taysom will be able to throw to us. That benefits you, right? Yes, sir, but, I mean, it's all of us, not just me, not just me. I tried to get Nick Kurtz to bite on this, but is there a competition? I know Nick and Mitch are roommates, and so they've got, like, a brotherhood thing going on. Is there a competition between the receivers? Who wants the ball the most? Who deserves the ball the most? Oh, definitely, yeah. They're, they're, they have a little board up in their room. They didn't tell you about that? <laughs> they got a little board, and uh, the inside receivers don't have it. We just have a... Uh, a little thing of our own but no they have like KOs they get a pancake if they have a big play drops everything and so then at the end we'll see who's winning okay so there there is something yes. going on there yes yes and I'm, I'm interested to see who's who's winning right now actually okay okay see I knew that we would get the insider edge somewhere <laughs> we got it from Taryn hey you, got, you have one of your buddies come up to Trey uh, what's up are you the fall camp photo bomber uh, I think I might be. That's kind of just the title, you know, I thought I'd take care of because nobody else really stepped up, you know. So got to be a leader in that aspect, you know. Trey's so, my little brother. Trey's no, this is actually brother. my son, you know. Oh, it, wow. Funky story, but, you know, it works out in the end. But, yeah, well, you know, it's good to see you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Trey. Okay. Uh, yeah, not really sure where to go after that. <laughs> let's, let's go with the offense versus defense dynamic. I've asked a few players about what it's like, the team competition. And there's, there's a ton of chatter. How involved are you invo- in that chatter between the defense and the offense? Uh, I try to just lead by example. I'm not like Harvey Lange or Taysom, you know, a real vocal guy. But, I mean, I try to just, you know, make my plays and just try to lead by example. And uh, But it's there. You can definitely see the competition is there more than probably any other year I've been here. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. What is your specific role on this team? Uh, to be a playmaker, you know, uh, step up as a senior and make plays and uh, encourage other guys to make plays. I know you're listed as an inside receiver, but you're built semi like a big physical receiver, maybe a tight end. I don't know. If you had to pick one, what would you call yourself? That is a great question, Spencer. I have no idea. Uh, they have me at inside right now, but, uh, you know, Coach and I flexes me out wide. He has me go down sometimes in the hip weak position, so it's like I don't know what I am. I just go in there and try to make as many plays as I can. You mentioned Coach and I. I love go-to phrases. What is Coach and I's go-to phrase for you? Taryn, you're soft. (laughs) Or no, 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 you're a turkey. (laughs) Yeah, he calls me turkey, he calls me soft. Yeah, that's about it. What does that do to you mentally? 
Oh, it gets you mentally right. Like at first, you're like broken down and you don't know how to take. You're like, oh my gosh, my coach hates me. But then you just got to take it and step up and like prove him wrong, you know. So it's it's good. Like he he does it on purpose to make you step up. Overall performance for the offense in the fall scrimmage. How how would you kind of rate how things went today? Oh, I think we can do a lot better. There's definitely room to improve. I think that the defense uh, definitely uh, did a good job today. But, you know, we're still trying to get uh, things together. We had guys out. We had guys injured um, like Algie and uh, Tijon. But that's no excuse. You know, no matter who's in, we got to execute and make big plays. But uh, I think overall we need to do a better job. Are you going to be my inside guy for the inside receivers? I got you, Spence. Okay. All right. Thanks, Taryn. No, no problem. No problem. I'll see you. His impersonation of Robert and I is not bad. Tearing your soft. Not bad at all. But I love how he said that Nick Kurtz is one up against your boy, Mitch Matthews, right now. Isn't that? Well, that's what he said. He didn't say that. Yeah, he says on the board. They got on the board. He said he wanted to see what's on the board. He oh, didn't say no, that. No, he said after that amazing catch and performance Get by Nick Kurtz, here. he was winning. That's what he said. Go watch Bananarama the- again. Rewind it, man. Listen, you got to open your ears up. We're coming back with the whip right after this. You're soft. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The defense won the fall uh, scrimmage on Saturday. They delivered with seven touch sacks and a couple interceptions from Butch Pau and Michael Shelton. Soccer. BYU women's soccer won 3-2 over Arizona in a preseason exhibition on Saturday. Men's basketball. Men's basketball team says adios to America as they head off to Spain for a 10-day international trip. Men's volleyball. Ben Patch led Team USA with 21 kills and a block in a 5 set victory over Josue Rivera and Puerto Rico yesterday. Cougars and the CFL, eh? Beck to Kylie, part two. John Beck threw seven for 12 for 95 yards, including a touchdown pass to former teammate Austin Kylie. Kylie caught two passes on the night, both for touchdowns as the BC Lions lost to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you needed most. It goes to Devon Blackman. Yes. Also, our elite tweet of the day from at N underscore Crowley 19. My blue goggles are getting bluer and bluer. Hashtag Taysom for Heisman. Thanks to all of our guests and everyone on our crew. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. For Brian, I'm Spencer. Shout out.